welcome to Faith and Good Counsel, where we talk about ways to live a virtuous life and all of the things that affect us in our vocation in whatever state of life we may be in. And now your host, Stacy Galena. Hey everybody, I'm so glad to be with you today on Faith and Good Counsel. Stacy Galeno here with my beloved co-host, Aaron Franco. Hey there, Aaron. Hey, Stacy. So, such a pleasure to be here again today. Aren't you so grateful for our listenership? I mean, I'm just, I hear from you all, and it just makes my heart glad to know that we are meeting a need. And Aaron and I both want to hear from you. If you want to Absolutely. email me, yes, email me here at the station at escalino at catholiccommunityradio.org or check out our Facebook page or Aaron's blog. People can contact you there as well. Mm -hmm. Or also um, people are welcome to email me at humblehandmade at gmail.com. There you go. So let us know if there are topics that that you're hearing that you like, that you want to hear more about or something we haven't touched on yet. But we're just, I just want to say we're so, so grateful to be with you each and every, every week. So Aaron, we always start our program off with prayer. And so let us begin, uh, as we always do, with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail, Holy Lady, Most Holy Queen, Mary, Mother of God, Ever-Virgin, chosen by the Most Holy Father in Heaven, consecrated by Him with His Most Holy Beloved Son, and the Holy Spirit, a Comforter. On you descended, and in you still remains all the fullness of grace and every good. Hail his palace, hail his tabernacle, hail his robe, hail his handmaid, hail his mother, and hail all holy virtues, who by the grace and inspiration of the Holy Spirit are poured into the hearts of the faithful, so that faithless no longer, they may be made faithful servants of God through you." Our Lady of Good Counsel, please pray for us. St. Thomas Aquinas, patron of students, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And if you're wondering why I asked for the prayers of St. Thomas Aquinas, well, that's because we're going to be talking more about education today. And in fact, we're going to be debunking common homeschooling methods. Right, Erin? Right. I actually have a little four and a half year old and I am just starting out on uh, the journey of education for the kids. And uh, homeschooling is something that my husband and I are considering, even though our little one's going to a Catholic school in the fall. You know, you've really been homeschooling since the day he was born. I'm just saying. I hear that. You really <laughs> have. I, I, You really, really have. It begins you know, really prenatally, but we digress. Tell us who our guest <laughs> is today. Our guest is the wonderful, kind uh, Teresa Thomas. She's been on Faith and Good Counsel before. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, well, you're the perfect person to speak with us about <laughs> homeschooling, Teresa, because you are quite the veteran. Well, we've been homeschooling 20 years in the fall, and I can hardly believe it's been that long, but it has. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Wow. That's awesome. You go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Teresa, today, um, kind of the show topic for today is debunking homeschooling myths. I know that uh, just in my short foray into learning about educational options for the kids, um, I've definitely come up um, with to a lot of people that have had 
just kind of these crazy ideas about what homeschooling is like and what it does to your family. And, and a lot of them are, are still negative. So I wanted to bring a couple of questions for you kind of that, okay. that we've collected. So okay. the first one that, um, that I've heard a lot from people is homeschooling kids are not socialized properly. So what do you have to, uh, to tell us about that one? Well, um, that, that's great to start off with because I think that's the one that um, new homeschooling moms hear first. Everybody's afraid if you don't put your children in, yeah. into school that they're not going to be able to yeah. uh, live in society and interact with other people. And um, that was one of the first things I heard as well. Um, what I'd like to say about that is that, first of all, no one should be sending their school for the, for the um, purpose of socializing them because if you think about it, a school itself is probably the poorest um, way that you could socialize a child because if, if that's the purpose, you're putting them in a classroom with, say, 15 to 40 kids, depending on the size, and the socialization mainly comes between the children, and there's not the one-on-one adult child modeling. So to learn to be properly socialized, you really need, especially at the younger ages, um, guidance, and you need positive socialization. And so what better way to have that model to you than not only adult child, but parent child. So the homeschool parent takes their child, you know, into various situations, um, play groups, play dates, um, concerts, all sorts of different activities in the community, interacting with other homeschoolers. But there's that one-on-one supervision and modeling that even the best teachers can't provide in um, in an institutional school setting just because there's so many students, they can't possibly be with all of them the whole time. So I think what you find is that there's so there's a really more opportunity to model great socialization skills to your children when you homeschool. You know, the other thing is is that when you're when you have your children in a school, you can't you can have the greatest teachers, the greatest administration, a a perfect mission statement, and you can agree with you know, everything that the school is trying to accomplish. But you can't control the other um, students that come into the school or the families that they come from. So your child can inadvertently be exposed to a lot of negative social behavior at a very early age, um, even with the best intentions of the school. Yes, and and having experienced that, I can say that's a a true statement. Um, You know, I was just thinking about this, and I've, I've pondered this a lot. I haven't actually done the research, but at what point, this is my research question, at what point did this word socialization become such an agenda, you know, and how is it defined? It's like a social construct almost. I mean, if you think about education from, you know, time immemorial all the way mm-hmm. <laughs> to now, it's been in the past, mm-hmm. what, 100 years or so that you've got to have your kid in a classroom to be socialized. I mean, am I right. off base? No, 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 that's exactly right. What is um, the purpose of education is the pursuit of knowledge and wisdom. Yes. And Mm -hmm. socialization is not um, something, in my opinion, to be actively pursued in that atmosphere. It's it's a natural consequence of one person relating to another. And another way that homeschooling is really a great way to, if you're even putting socialization in there, is that you have the socialization between brothers and sisters. It's a very Mm -hmm. unnatural situation to have only... Um, the same age students together. I mean, you and I are in a, we don't just socialize with people that are exactly born in our um, mm-hmm. same year. So it's, it's kind of a natural to begin with. But in the home atmosphere, you've got older children 
um, looking out for the needs of younger children and younger children learning from the older children. Yeah. So you're right. The, um, the purpose of school is the pursuit of knowledge. It's not socialization. I really don't know where how that idea actually came into, you know. Into well, like, like many things, you know, the, the, the definition of words kind of has a different shade of meaning according to certain agendas and philosophies and whatnot. But we digress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, let's go to another myth. Yeah. Well, I, I know something that, uh, that someone told me is they said, uh, well, people say homeschooling students aren't socialized or they can, they're weird, but think about all the kids in a school too. It doesn't automatically mean you're not, you're going to be socialized properly and um, Uh socially appropriate and not weird just because you go to school. And that's a quote, quote, weird, close quotes. We would never (laughs) term a child weird, but this is what people say. Yeah, very true. Right. Well, I I would like to say one more thing before we get off that topic. um, Something that I really became more and more confident as time progressed and my children, my oldest children are out of the house. I have mm-hmm. um, a 26-year-old, 25-year-old, and 23-year-old who are all off on their own. And, um, you know, they seem to have integrated into society quite well. The two older boys are, you know, 2,500 miles away from me in successful careers. And um, my daughter's um, south in Indianapolis just a couple hours, and she's launched quite, quite well. So, um, if you look at the test of time, um, I would say that they're integrating into society quite well. <laughs> Amen. Just look at the fruit, not just what someone says. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So another uh, another common, I guess, concern of people about homeschooling is that parents are not qualified to teach their children. So what do you have to say about that? Especially to me, too, because I'm thinking, I never, you know, I didn't go to school to be a teacher. Do I know how to teach the ABCs and all of that? Right. Well, um, let me let me answer in, in a two-part way. Sure. Um, my, my, the first part would be to remember that the very act of parenting calls parents to be primary educators. And our Catechism of the Catholic Church tells us that parents have the first responsibility for the education of their children. Um, the actual quote is, they bear witness to this responsibility, first by creating a home where tenderness, forgiveness, respect, fidelity, and disinterested service is the rule. And the home is well-suited for education and the virtues. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to teach your children academic subjects, but the primary responsibility of all education of children lies with us as the parents. So we have the grave responsibility of, if not teaching our children ourselves, choosing the right teachers. So Mm -hmm. it rests on our shoulders. Um, But the sacramental graces of our baptism and matrimony can strengthen us to do these, you know, to do this more fully in the academic subjects if we're, if we want to. So um, I believe that any parent that wants to homeschool, that desires it, can do it. There are plenty of resources available. You avail yourself of the graces of the sacraments. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, I don't, I don't feel that every parent should homeschool. If, If a parent doesn't feel called to, there's a great Catholic school in, you know, down the road that you've after prayer and discussion with your spouse, that you feel that that is in the best interest of a particular child, um, that's certainly within your right. No one has the right to say otherwise, because that's between you and God. Um, but I, I, I do believe that if you have a desire to homeschool, certainly you don't have, a, have to have a prerequisite of, of a perfection of certain virtues 
um, God knows that I don't, <laughs> I never had the patience to begin with, but you develop things as you go along. So homeschooling um, kind of forms the parent as it forms the child. You know, we're talking today with Teresa Thomas, who has been on with us a couple of times before here on Faith and Good Counsel. You're now family. You're a lot part of the La Familia here. So <laughs> oh, we love that. that. Happy. And I'm loving our to- happy, happy, happy. And I love our topic today, pr- promoting the good, the good of homeschooling so that parents can hear, um, you know, and make an informed choice about education for their children that respects their uniqueness, the uniqueness of their creation and, and our faith and um, and classical education. I mean, there's so many questions I could ask you about, Teresa, but we've got to take a break. We've got to take a break. Okay. So when we come back, let's continue with another myth or two. And then I want to talk uh, logistics. How do we okay. even get started? So we'll be back in just a moment here on Faith and Good Counsel. Catholic Community Radio. Our first Pope, St. Peter, tells us in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, to sanctify the Lord God in your hearts always and be ready to give everyone a reason for the hope that lies within you. Catholic Radio for your community. Hi, I'm Tim Staples from Catholic Answers Live, encouraging you to support this radio station. They are doing the work of helping to equip Catholics that they might know the fullness of the faith so that they can share it. And at the same time, untold numbers are tuning in that aren't Catholic, and they're getting the fullness of the gospel that only we possess as Catholics. God bless you. This is your station. Catholic Community Radio relies on listeners just like you. This is your station. Donate online at catholiccommunityradio.org. Are you one of the millions of Americans who can't get their day started without a cup of liquid defibrillation? If so, you're not alone. Morning coffee deficiency affects more and more of us each year. Catholic Community Radio may be able to help you get the caffeine you need to live a normal, productive life. Join the Coffee Club, a growing number of folks just like yourself who use their stainless steel dosage tumbler to get just the right amount of coffee to face the day. Don't let morning coffee deficiency keep you in the breakfast nook. Visit CatholicCommunityRadio.com today. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith and Good Counsel with Stacey Galino, my lovely, beautiful co-host today, Erin Franco, the humble handmaid. Hey there, Erin. Hey there. Aren't you loving our conversation today with our guest, Teresa Thomas, about debunking common homeschooling myths? Very much so. Teresa, you are so wise and so cheerful. I just like talking to you. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, so another big myth that I would like to have you debunk for us today is the myth of that homeschooling puts your children in a bubble. Mm-hmm. Well, homeschooling does put your children in a bubble, but it's a good bubble. See, um, when you plant a fl- uh, you plant a seed in the ground. A lot of gardeners use greenhouses because they're protective, and you don't want the pests to get in or the harsh weather to destroy the young seedling before it's time. So in a way, what the homeschooling does is provides this greenhouse, this warm, nurturing greenhouse where your child can grow roots and where your child can soak in the nutrients and your child can grow strong. And just like when you take a plant 
that's been in the greenhouse and you want to take it outside, you have to harden it. I don't know if you're familiar with that. We we have a little garden and sometimes we do that. And the, the way you harden the plants is that you take them into the elements for short periods of time so they get used to the sun, the direct sunlight, and mm-hmm. the outside atmosphere. And so I like to liken protecting a child, like protecting this young tender plant, and then having limited exposure gradually increased into the outside world where you can kind of control it. And so theoretically then, when you take this seedling that has started out in the greenhouse, it's so robust and strong that when you transplant it out in the garden, it does so well because it's had the best start that it ever could, and you've taken care to harden it and make sure that it's prepared for the outside weather. Well, that's what I like to think about our children. Um, when you when you start off by homeschooling your children, you are protecting them. They are in somewhat of a bubble, protected from the harsh realities that would hurt them. Um, the negative influences, whether it be language or exposure to things you don't want them to learn about at age mm-hmm. five or six. Um, and then with gradual exposure, I mean, we do live in a fallen world, and some of these realities will have to come to know. But the neat thing is then they come to learn about it slowly, gradually, with the control of the parents and with your guidance. And isn't it so, interesting that the bubble, that we started off with the question, but bubble was such a negative connotation. You're keeping mm-hmm. your child in a bubble. But do you see how the shade of meaning something very negative from these underlying philosophies that are pervasive right. in our culture turn something beautiful and holy that you are describing a mm-hmm. bubble. And I love how you answered, you began it with, well, yes, it is a bubble. <laughs> and here's why. And yeah. it's a good bubble. That was a beautiful Well, what's, what's in a bubble? Oxygen. Yeah. Air. Mm-hmm. Life. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, just like you said, you a child is going to encounter real life yes. at some point. But when you, you know, if you give them, especially the spiritual roots, like you were talking about the roots, how, that, mm-hmm. that beautiful analogy, they're going to have they're going to be more prepared, it sounds mm-hmm. like. And it sounds like you've experienced that with your older ones doing well. You know, they mm-hmm. obviously weren't weren't hurt by, by how you chose to bring them up. Look at the fruit. Right. Look at the fruit. Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder, you know, if someone is listening today and, I mean, and we could, there are more myths. And in fact, Teresa, I would like to invite you to do an after the interview interview <laughs> to okay, debunk great. the rest <laughs> of them. We have a long list here. Erin did a beautiful okay. job listing these out. Um, but, you know, someone may be listening and going, I really have it on my heart. I want to explore homeschooling, but I'm overwhelmed with the amount of information that's available. Where do we even begin? Well, the Internet is um, a wonderful place to begin. Fortunately, nowadays, it, it was not always like this. 20 years ago when I was beginning, I really had to hunt. But there is a plethora of Catholic uh, curriculum providers. Um, when you start to homeschool, you can choose a complete package. Some people like to call it curriculum in a box where everything for each grade has been carefully pre-selected for you. And oftentimes parents that feel overwhelmed and not sure um, about homeschooling make that choice to take the boxed curriculum at least the first year so they can um, not have to worry about missing something. Mm -hmm. And providers, um, you know, there's many providers of that uh, Seton in Virginia and Mother Divine Grace, Colby Academy in California. A number of curriculum providers will do that for you. Um, 
as you get more confident or maybe you start confident, you just need to make a list um, of the subjects that need to be considered in your state. So a good, another good visit would be to your state's Department of Education and to find out um, what the requirements are in your state, what you have to do to legally homeschool. And homeschooling is legal in all 50 states. Currently, um, the re- the re- currently correct. right? Mm-hmm. Correct. So just checking to find out what those are. Those are two, you know, really great ways to start. Because there are challenges, aren't there, politically? We see this in other countries. I'm thinking of that German couple, the German family, who, mm-hmm. where in Germany homeschooling is illegal and they were, are you familiar with the story? And they were seeking asylum yes. in the United yes. States. It just, it just really makes you think of a loss of freedom, you know, a loss of freedom to educate your children in the way our faith teaches us to do so. So, Teresa, right. for, for a young family or a young mom, because in my family I would be doing most of the homeschooling if we choose that in the future, but what is, uh, what is your best advice on the mindset and the attitude of heart to, that I could have going into that? Well, that's a great question. That's a really great question because the curriculum um, choices can be remedied quite easily and and all it takes is one visit on the computer to um, find out the laws in your state. As a parent starting, I would think, well, the first thing is you're going to need support. And back 20 years ago, there weren't as many homeschool groups in person and I found a lot of support online. Um, I've been on the same online Catholic homeschooling group the beginning. But to talk to the people in your local community um, who are who are homeschooling is that that is a treasure I can't even begin to explain. Um, as far as a mindset, it, it's the best thing to do is to know that God has equipped you, that you are naturally equipped. You're you strive to do his will with the children. He gave you these gifts that you can relax. Yes, you need to take it seriously. But honestly, if you're starting with kindergarten, um, you know, you taught this child to go to the bathroom on his own. You taught the child to tie his shoe. You taught the child, or he taught himself, to walk. And I think you'll find that um, in homeschooling, a lot of the same principles apply. The children are eager, eager to learn. And if you provide the right environment, books and an interest and patience and love, and to know you don't have to be perfect to start, that God will lead you along in patience, by not by bestowing this patience upon you, but by giving you opportunities to develop it. So the mindset would be openness, joy, and yes, know that there are challenges, but know that with God all things are possible. Mm-hmm. And also I, I think if he calls you to it, he will equip you for it. He will. He will. What about um, you know, the situation? I, I'm in several Facebook groups. I have such a personal interest in homeschooling, and I see um, it's, a, it's a layperson group, and, and people post different things about their per- particular situation, but sometimes there's a disconnect between what the wife's desire to homeschool or the husband's for that. Maybe the husband is the one that wishes to, to have the wife do that, and the other spouse does not want to do that. Can you maybe talk a little bit about that? Mm-hmm. Well, sure. One of the one of the greatest things in the um, marriage is that we don't marry our identical twin. Well, that's um, true, <laughs> right? The, I think I don't think my husband could be married to you know someone that was like identical to him, and I know for sure I couldn't I couldn't be married to someone exactly like me. So the neat thing is that we both bring different perspectives. Um, 
just because we're individuals, but also a masculine and feminine perspective. Mm-hmm. And you can see this um, in other areas, like in discipline. And you, you see a lot of times if a child or, or the reaction to a child, the child falls down and the, a mother most of the time automatically just rushes, you know, oh, are you okay, okay, oh, let me see. You know, and the father a lot of times will say, oh, come on, get up, you're, you're fine, come on. And so, you know, together it, it provides this wonderful fullness, this complementarity, and, I, and you'll see that in homeschooling too. So it's just another thing that husbands and wives, they learn to communicate. It can deepen your communication as a husband and a wife. And as you work through this, you'll grow deeper in love for each other. It can really actually enrich a marriage as you're working out, you know, what are your concerns? What, um, you know, what are your hopes for this? How are we going to arrange it? Is the, is the dad going to teach a subject, or is he going to be more of a, uh, like, athletic director slash principal? Um, so all these things is just one more thing that you discuss and work out in your marriage, and it can be very, very enriching. Mm-hmm. The most important, oh, another thing I want to say about that is um, pray about it. It's so important, and if you don't have a clear, if, if, if it's on, typically it'll be on a mother's heart because she's, she's thinking about this, and a lot of times, you know, sometimes it comes from the dad, but a lot of times the dad just assumes, you know, oh, well, I went to school, so mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what we're doing. Um, but just to bring it to prayer together and to decide to listen to each other and to listen to God until there's a, until there's an answer that they're both comfortable with. Oh, beautiful, beautiful wisdom. Well, you know, we're coming up against the end of the show and I just very quickly, I'd like to ask you what is one overall, one or two overall beautiful benefits that in your opinion of homeschooling, and then tell us how we can get in touch with you. And I know you wrote an article too about this at integrated Catholic life. So give us all that good information. Okay. Well, first, I'll give you the article link. Um, Integrated Catholic Life, I wrote an article, Many Catholics Choose Homeschooling, Should You? Um, If you just Google um, Teresa Thomas, Integrated Catholic Life, Homeschooling, the article should come up. But really, um, this article gives a number of facts and questions um, that a family can ask itself in trying to determine where, you know, whether they should homeschool. And then it also gives some curriculum suggestions and many, many, many links. I think there are 34 different uh, footnotes there. So it's just chock full of information. Um, the benefits of homeschooling, I'd say the number one benefit of homeschooling, it, academically it's wonderful because you can, your children can just take off on areas of their interest and aptitude in ways that you can never do in an institutional setting, even the best institutional setting. But I'd say the primary benefit is that our family has grown in faith and togetherness and they are we are such a close family it is so neat to see the older siblings helping the younger ones in academic subjects in life my son from california just came home for a nine-day visit he has such a good relationship with these little sisters um they're starting um computer camp this week and he works for a very high-tech company in in silicon valley and and he was showing them different internet internet sites that they could look at to prepare for it. So this this is like setting the stage for lifelong learning. This is just one example. Wow. Um, and and as you practice your faith together as a family, as you're able to go to daily mass, as you're able to um, to do these things, you grow in a depth that I I don't know because I didn't do it the other way, but I can't imagine it could be any deeper. 
Wow. I tell you, I'm just listening to Teresa Thomas. My heart is full. I hope you will consider <laughs> homeschooling and make an informed choice. Look at the options and decide what is best for your your children, each one created unique and beautiful in the image of God. Check Teresa Thomas out at TeresaThomas.wordpress.com. Um, mom of nine, veteran homeschooling mom of 20 years. God bless you. Thank you so much for being Thank with you. us. Thank We're going to have you back again, I know. But in, <laughs> until uh, so. next time, dear listeners, please come back and visit with us again next Tuesday at 3.30 each and every week here on Faith and Good Counsel. I'm Stacy Galino with Aaron Franco signing off for now. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye now. Pox Christine.